Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and wearing a hoodie today. It's that time of year. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? You know, I'm doing great, brother. Doing really good. And, uh, you know, yesterday you mentioned the hoodie. Uh, you know, in Texas, we got this crazy, crazy weather, kind of like the NFL. Um, it went from uh, went from wintertime to summertime in one day, so only in Texas. But uh, it's great to be here with you here on this Tuesday. And you know, our listeners can't see this, but is that a goat um, sweater shirt you have on? I mean, I, I get can't this- really – I get this question a lot when I wear this. So it's a goat. And there's a number oh, four on it. Um, I see it now. But yeah. but everybody always thinks it's a shirt for Dak Prescott. And believe me, I love Dak. Uh, it's not. Um, so prior to the pandemic, my dad and I would do one road Cowboys game every year uh, you right. know, to try and see the whole NFL. We haven't done one since since COVID happened. Um, but um, but in 2018, we actually went to two games. We went to Atlanta, uh, who we'll talk about in a mm-hmm. moment. Uh, and we went to Indianapolis. That was a rough game for the Cowboys. 23 to zero was this final score when they lost. But. Adam Vinatieri, longtime kicker for the Colts. He is the GOAT. So there's a, a Colts logo on oh, the sleeve. It. it says Vinatieri. So he was number four. So, you know, hey, got to give that, my man That some makes props. sense. I think it's too early to, uh, you know, call it with uh, with Dak Prescott. He's on, four, his, he's on track. Yeah, for sure. He's writing a book right now. So hopefully yeah. that'll be the ending chapter. Um, I wanted to ask you something that, Tony, that had nothing to do with football before we get into our dissection of the Atlanta Falcons. This is a personal question about me, and I need you to defend me against my wife. I love my wife. She's carrying our child. She's doing all the hard work. Um, on Monday night, we were we were going to have shrimp for dinner, some, some, you know, broiled shrimp, whatever. I had some shrimp tacos. She made it her own way. Um, and we went to the store uh, Monday afternoon in preparation for this. And she said, I need some cocktail sauce. You know, people, you, 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 you just mm-hmm. were, had a wedding. You know, you there was I'm sure there was some some shrimp cocktails floating around there. Um, and I said, that's disgusting to eat cocktail sauce with cooked shrimp. I said, you can only eat cocktail sauce with like the the chilled shrimp. You know, I'm talking about the, the cold shrimp. And she said, no, you can eat it with any kind of shrimp if it's cooked, even if it's fried. So my question to you, my question to our loyal listeners, Tony is on Twitter at TC Casillas. I am on Twitter at Arjo Choa. Curious for your opinions. Is is cocktail sauce only for the chilled shrimp? That's my take. Or would you eat it with any kind of shrimp? Um, that's kind of like ranch and tahini salt on a lot of different dude. things. I yeah, I, but you know what? I got to back my boy on this one. And I, I you you have a lovely wife. Congratulations! You got a baby on the way soon. A little RJ or or a little girl. I guess that is to be determined. But no, I, I when I think of when I think of fried, I. I don't know. I, I guess fried makes more sense, which is kind of just kind of contradicting what I'm saying. Mm. Um, but when I think of, uh, let's say, uh, cooked shrimp, I think about that on maybe linguine and a little, uh, you know, on pasta or something. Yeah, like and that. you wouldn't put you wouldn't put cocktail sauce on that, right? That's yeah, my point. but maybe fried. I, I don't know. I don't really eat a lot of fried shrimp, although I do love it. Um, but I think. You know, that's a great question. That's one of those uh, that's one of those things you got to agree to disagree and just because, you know, your wife is always right. You know, that's true. Yeah, Uh, I've been married. I got a lot more experience with you in that category. But, uh, you know, sometimes as dudes have a hard time admitting that. But they're always right. 
but I think I think I got you backed on this one, if that makes sense. I'm glad you um you kind of agree, uh, is what it sounds like. But um, I'm trying yeah. to be politically correct, but I'm trying to back my boy, if that makes sense. Yeah, you uh you know you're riding the fence, Tony. It's okay. <laughs> uh, no big deal. Probably uh, didn't help you out too much on that, did I? For, uh, I mean, hey, you know it's it is what it is. Uh, but so. Getting back to the game, if anybody agrees with me, in fact, if you disagree with me, I don't want to hear from you on Twitter. I only want to hear from you if you agree with me. But um, anyway, you know, that's not going to happen on social media, right? Right, right, right. Uh, speaking of, I mentioned you're on Twitter at, at TC Casillas. I saw you tweet, Tony. Uh, you were at the Cowboys game on Sunday, 43 to three, the final score, that it was the, the most impressive, dominating win game that you've ever been at. I mean, do you really mm-hmm. feel that way or, or do you? Now that it's been a couple of days, were were you caught up in the moment? You know what I mean. Where where I saw you were hanging out with some former Cowboys. You know, were, were the good times rolling? Were, were you maybe just in a particular state of mind, or do you still feel that way several days later? Well, the, the good times may have been rolling just a little <laughs> bit, but uh, that's what you do when you get with uh, you know former players and you watch uh, you know your 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 team play and you just hope nothing but the best. I really do. I I, I think that. You know, we've been covering this team and working together for three years and been watching this team for several years. And really, after a really dismal and disappointing loss, I've never seen a rebound like I, I saw against the Falcons. I have to go back. And I think there's a lot of different, you know, the first reason is, is they never scored that many points, 36 points in the first half. And really, it was just a total ass kicking. 29 um, in the second quarter alone, the most that yeah. the Cowboys have ever scored in any single quarter. So there's a lot of things that uh, barriers to be broken here. And I think the thing for me, it was just how dominating they were, you know, from the opening kickoff to the defensive side of the ball, because I think there's a lot of things that go into this, this whole evolution of this team this year, especially on defense. Um, But to be able to get kicked and, you know, this kicked in the gut and doubled over like they did against, you know, the, the week before against the Denver Broncos, to be able to rebound, I think you'd be able to. It's easier said than done to be able to rebound and really come off a again a very dismal, uh, just upsetting loss to the Denver Broncos, essentially not even showing up. To be able to flip the switch, to turn it around and regain that momentum because whatever you want to say about Atlanta, they have playmakers, they have a lot of things that they had going on that team. They came off a, a, a win versus what Carolina. Uh, the New Orleans. It was New Orleans. New Orleans before, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, the same, you know, the same in their conference. So they had a lot going on. But to really, to me, to see how they're able to dominate in this game and really get back all the momentum that they lost in one game and the way they did it in a dominating fashion, it's amazing. And then the depth of this team also, and that's what we do every week. It's just it, it just changes. I mean, it, the NFL changes every week, but I just felt like this win was the most impressive win I've seen in a long time by uh, this this current contemporary Dallas Cowboy team. It really was. Um, it it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a stout opponent, right? The Falcons. The only thing the Falcons have ever done, but right? I, Tony? I really don't care. I don't. I, I don't care right. because I think. I mean, you, you watch the you watch the Rams last night play, and and you know they're supposed to be one of the top teams in the National Football League, and they get dominated by the the. 49ers, you know, mm-hmm. you, you watch all these different teams that, you know, that, 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 that play every week. And, you know, it's just, and maybe I am, maybe I'm just a little bit closer to home when it comes to Dallas, but I mean, the observation we've had with this team 
kind of frustration, if you will, it, it just has a lot of different things that really just point to the a dominating rebounding performance that we haven't seen in some time. No, I agree. I mean, it's people, you know, I'm not the first person to say it won't be the last. It's a week to week league. It it wouldn't be a shock if Atlanta beat New England on Thursday night, right? Like that's just, that's the way it goes. Uh, I was going to say the only thing the Falcons have ever done right has been uh, the second overall pick uh, a few moons ago. Uh, but other than that, you know, just just not not a great franchise. So, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on that. Um, you you were kind of talking about it. What I think is the most impressive is this wasn't because um, pe- people use words like execution, right? The Cowboys went out and executed and they did. But uh, this wasn't an execution to me. This was a decision. And, and that's the, the most powerful thing to me is the Cowboys decided after they got embarrassed by the Denver Broncos, they said, we are going to humiliate the next team that we play. Right. It, it, it wasn't something they wanted to do. It was it was something that they decided and then they did it. And we were joking right before we started recording. Um, so you have not seen the monkey butt explanation, correct? No, I have. Right? I have not. I just read your article on right. blogging the boys and I haven't really got divulged in it. So um, on Monday, it was revealed NFL Network's Tom Pelissero was the first person to, to share this story um, that in the aftermath of the Cowboys getting spanked by the Broncos, Mike McCarthy challenged his players uh, and, and noted that they got their butts kicked. They got their butts spanked. Um, and, you know, I've never been a professional athlete, so I don't know the, the, the care that goes into your body. But sometimes when, when you've when you've got a, an ailment, Tony, when you have a, a bruise, when you have a scratch, when, when you're sore, there are different remedies. You know, there are different you know, things you can use, different applications, you know, like you get a sunburn, you put some of that uh, whatever that clear gel is that makes your hand smell funny. You know what I'm saying? Hello. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I was I was looking for the proper pronunciation. I always butcher that, but since allow, allow, allow. Anyway, um, so I've I've I had never even heard of monkey butt. Have you ever heard of this before? The it's like this powder or this this substance. You know, I hate to go go to this to this place, but when I think of monkey butt, I think of the rain the orangutan, and that's not a very pretty sight. <laughs> okay, well, so it <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, apparently. Um, I'm going to liken it to baby powder. That's 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 what makes sense in my mind. Uh, something to apply if you have been you know, spanked and you need to soothe uh, an area that you sit on. Uh, so Mike McCarthy had the Cowboys coaching staff passing it around last week to all the players, because guess what? You got your butts spanked. You clearly need some monkey butt. You losers. There was a lot of butt hurting in that locker room. That's right. For sure. And. People will look at this, Tony, and will say, these are grown men. This is so silly. This is so cheesy. This is so stupid. Mike McCarthy passing around monkey butt. And and then another sector sector of people will say, people are only making a big deal about this because the Cowboys won. But here's the thing. The Cowboys won. And the Cowboys won with authority. And so I don't know how you can't give Mike McCarthy. he clearly knows. I'm sure at one point in your life, I don't want to speak for you. You had a coach at, at, at any level that did something that, that some people might characterize as silly, as cheesy, as whatever. But it identified with you and your teammates. And you went out and had success in the process. Mike McCarthy knows how to connect to his players. He knew how to connect to them after they got their butts whipped by the Denver Broncos. The message was sent. And then they went out and they executed the decision. Yeah, I think it was a great way to just kind of make make the moment light because you, know, you, you got to just move on. And, and 
and the message was sent. And I think it is kind of in a roundabout way. All right, guys, we got our, our asses kicked. Let's move on. Let's put some of this on and, and soothe what happened and let's not let it happen again. And it's so funny because before we came, I started you know, recording our podcast here on Tuesday morning. I read that and I put something out on Twitter that you know, Mike McCarthy, he refers to motivating his team after a bad loss, monkey butts. And I remember Jimmy Johnson. It wasn't quite that soothing on the way back on an airplane ride. Didn't we? Did, he didn't feed us till the till the flight attendant. No, they're not eating. And we responded the next week because we wanted we wanted to eat on the way back. I don't know. If That's we had awesome. So the comparison is totally different. But you know, now that you explained it to me, because I said, don't explain it to me, RJ. Just kind of set it up and let me respond to it. To me, it sounds like it was kind of it was in a jokingly way. It was kind of like you know, lighten it up because no one likes to get their ass kicked. Like right. That embarrassed. So I think it worked. And you're right. It, it, the fact that the way they're able to rebound and, and dominate the Falcons, it looks like a genius way to motivate your team after a bad loss. So we may be hearing this theory everywhere about monkey butt. So I think it's kind of cool. It's pretty you know, interesting. Last week, he talked about how you you can't spend too much time dwelling mm-hmm. on the big loss. Uh, because, because if you do, then you end up chasing that. And I, I think that's really, again, yeah. you know, I – I've turned into this like, you know, shot from the rooftops praiser for Mike McCarthy. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. And I, I don't know why nobody wants to admit this. You look at the way you mentioned the Monday night game. You look at the way Sean McVay handled the end of that first half, the, the mm. fake punt or fake, excuse me, fake field goal fiasco. I mean, his feet do not get held to the fire the way that Mike McCarthy's do. He, obviously, he's this, this golden child of the NFL and, and NFL media. And so uh, nobody ever questions the decisions he makes. But I, I do think that Mike McCarthy's been around long enough in the NFL. He's he's seen different generations of players, right? He's, he's you know coached a long time. He he understands. He's also made mistakes, right? He's he's made mistakes and tried things, tried a monkey butt thing, you know, once upon a time that maybe didn't work. Maybe after he tried it, you know, a different time, you know, his team lost even worse the following week, whatever. I mean, and not every decision is correct, but I he he understands what he's doing. And I think that's really impressive. And what I thought was particularly impressive is now, you know, a little bit of hindsight, understanding this monkey butt story. The Cowboys won the toss, Tony, and you were there. You obviously know. And they chose to receive, which has been mm-hmm. uncharacteristic of Mike McCarthy. It was very reminiscent of Jason Garrett's Cowboys. Everybody loves to kick. Everybody loves to defer because you get the ball back to start the second half. And I loved this because the Cowboys spent the whole week ready to explode after they got humiliated by the Broncos. So they said, we won the toss. We want the ball because we're ready to go make a statement. And they did. I mean, they, they, they executed in every single way. Yeah, I think that it was a great way to just kind of set the tone for this game because of what happened the week before and just really get this offense back on track. Dak Prescott, they may have said, hey, coach, we want the ball first. We want to, we want to impose our will. You hear that all the time. We're right. going to start from start to finish and let's get the ball and score. And really, that's kind of the, the way it just kind of that was a that was a whole the the emotion, the whole game by setting sending sending that message. And and yeah, you to your point, I think that, you know, we all last year, I think we all beat up on Coach McCarthy because of what happened. And we're thinking, oh, is he the guy? I mean, he right. made some decisions. But Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, you got to give him credit for going out. Whoever made that decision to bring him at is the defensive coordinator because 
I really think Dan Quinn is not going to last very long as a defensive corner. He's going to go somewhere else. There's going to be a lot of jobs open, and, and that guy is a tremendous coach. So you've seen what he's been able to do with this defense. But, yes, I agree with you. We've all been critical of what McCarthy has done. You know, some of his – maybe he learned that from one year to the next because he was out and has to understand, you know, this generation of players. But, I mean, that's the proof. The way this team responded to whatever's going on in that building, whatever message he's sending, whatever he's trying, he's trying to motivate, these guys understand that, and it starts from the top. It starts with Mike McCarthy. And so you're right, to your point. I think a lot of people got to say, look, Mike McCarthy is doing a hell of a job considering what happened last year. I mean, think about what this team has done in one year from the next. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been remarkable. They're eight and two. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, they're they're eight and they're uh, seven they and two, guys. seven and two, seven and two. Let's let's they oh, they will be eight and two after this thing, but seven and two. Um, and they have, I mean, you know, a majority of the team's losses that they have sustained under Mike McCarthy. Granted, you know, we're we're a season and a half in here, have been without Dak Prescott. The guy dealt with, you know, extraordinary circumstances like a lot of people did in 2020 but also lost Dak, lost Tyron, lost Lyle, lost Leighton Vanderish for times. I mean, he's, he's had a chance to remake this team in his vision, uh, get some playmakers in here. Obviously on defense, Micah Parsons has, has come in and really changed things. Um, I, I said Sorry this. About on, that. I was looking at the Green Bay Packers. I, but, yeah, you hope to your point that right. they are 7-2. Um, I do think, and I've been saying this for a long time, I think the Cowboys are going to meet the Packers in the playoffs. In the divisional round at Lambeau Field, it's going to be Mike McCarthy returns and – I, I mean, we'll see if this is Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay, but how fitting would it be for his last game as a Packer to be a playoff loss in the divisional round against the Cowboys, the same place where he has tortured that team and to lose it at home 
against the head coach that he ran out of town. Um, it would be incredible theater. Um, but um, but I did want to ask you about Micah Parsons because he didn't have he had a great sack and you know great tap couple ta- great tackles for loss. I mean, you know, M- Micah is so great now that like just a sack and tackles for loss are, are just like a ho hum day for him. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not anything special anymore because he's he's that great. But he didn't, you know, Nashawn Wright had the recovery for the touchdown. Dorrance Armstrong had the, the sexier plays and whatnot. Uh, but I said this on the postgame show. Micah has totally changed what they do. I mean, he he has just brought them a new life force. Um, I'm going to say this and you can correct. You, you can tell me if you disagree. He to me, I didn't live it the way you did. He reminds me of, of the injection of of force that Charles Haley brought to you. Like p- people always are trying to compare, you know, players and eras and whatnot. I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Charles Haley comes in and it's just this this new arrival of energy. That's what Micah Parsons has brought to this group. I think I think it's I think he represents more than than Charles Haley. And he was a missing piece for that for our right. team to to go on. Because he's he's different facets of the game. And and and, and I, I like to watch different players, but it doesn't show up in the stats. You hear this all the time. Just like the Cowboys, they got so much pressure, and they got what two sacks in that game, um, but they got you know, three turnovers, two turnovers. What in, in that particular game? But some of the, his force and some of his presence doesn't show up in that the statistics. But when you watch him play from from sideline to sideline, when he lines up, there is this aura about him that the teams have to account for, and he can. He, he's a great. Obviously, an edge rusher, but I'm trying to think of the move that he he gave a guy a hit. Oh, it was he broke he broke his ankles. Yeah, and it was it was nasty. It looked like an NBA crossover, you know, and and you know an NBA and breaking someone's ankles. And this is an offense line had no chance whatsoever. So I think for him, you got Trayvon Diggs and you got Micah Parsons. You got two of the not only you have a rookie of the year shoe in for defensive rookie of the year, but also they're making a lot of you know, headway as far as considering for defensive player of the year. And that's kind of unheard of for a rookie, a rookie player. But I think that his presence, you know, Charles was a tremendous force, without a doubt. I mean, he did a lot of things. But Charles was good against the pass. And he could play the run, but he didn't like playing the run. Micah Parsons could do it anyway. He can line up mm-hmm. as a middle linebacker. He line up as an edge rusher. He can go down in the bare front inside and run games. And all of a sudden, people are, like, shaking. They're like, okay, well, what, you know, we got to slide protect – I mean, that's the, the, no, aura. Right. That's, the that's the reputation he gets. And I love watching him play. I mean, the, the, the play that he got upfield, he missed a tackle and then ended up making the play because he was able to, you know, recover with his, with his speed. Uh, that tackle for loss was amazing. I just love what the guy's doing for this team. He's, um, he's different. I mean, he's, he's different. He, he's just, that, he's a rookie. I mean, that's, a, that's a, the other thing is that, you know, we're talking about leadership on the defensive side of the ball and leaders on this team. And, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is not out there. And so you really not, you can't, you, you really can't be a leader. You can be a brow row guy, but your leadership is on the field. And Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, two young guys, are the, the leaders on this team right now. And to me, that just represents so much of their character. I would also throw in, um, you're right, I agree with everything you said, but as far as the leadership angle is concerned, uh, J. Ron Curse has come in yeah. and arrived and just kind of just kind of been that like big brother. You know what I mean? He's not an older player or anything, but I mean, he's he's a little bit more tenured, a little bit more veteran guy com- compared to everybody else just because they're so young. 
And he's just kind of come in. He's somebody who's seen life in the NFL and and really, again, just just kind of stabilized mm-hmm. their their veteran leadership, so to speak, on defense, which has been, to your point, valuable. They've been without Demarcus Lawrence for most of the season. Um, and that's what's exciting is, is you know, this defense uh, has, has basically basically pitched a shutout on Sunday. Um, obviously didn't pitch a shutout against Denver, but had a really successful game against the Vikings. And I, I, like th- this is life in the NFL, right? You look at. Uh, like we kept saying, oh, this this Cowboys win against the Chargers continues to look better and better and better because the Chargers are having all this success. Now the Chargers have kind of dipped. Well, that Cowboys win over the Vikings looks a little bit more impressive. The Vikings beat the Chargers actually this past weekend. Um, the Cowboys win over the Patriots. Man alive, that looks impressive now considering what they've done since Dallas went up there. But, um, you know, my point is this defense has had some success, some high levels of success in recent games. Again, Denver notwithstanding. And so the fact that they're going to get Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore back, Randy Gregory at some point. I mean, I don't want to, like, say the stars are aligning. You never want to. You can't assume anything in the NFL. This season is certainly teaching us that on a weekly basis. But they're going to be in in a really nice spot, I think, is, is the only conclusion you can draw that they're going to get all these guys back for the stretch run and the playoffs. And I mean, they're going to have a shot. I mean, that, that's what you want. right? You're going to they're going to have a shot. They're going to be in the tournament. They're, they're seemingly going to be healthy uh, or relatively healthy. And, and that's it's hard to ask for more than that, I guess. I just know as a player, you just got to keep your head down. And I think this week is going to be a great opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity for Dallas to play the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a remarkable setting. It's going to it's going to be like the Tampa Bay game at the beginning of the season. Because here you got, you know, a lot of people now, because it is a week-by-week league. You know, last week you, you never know. Um, but the, but this week, last week is a different narrative. I mean, this team is back on track. And I think I think people give you more respect when you get off track and get back on track and are able to overcome those adverse and all the negativity that happens. I mean, that's just part of it. And, you know, to be able to flip the switch and be able to dominate, and then you play a team like Kansas City, but Kansas City looks like they've kind of fixed what was going bad for them against the Raiders. So, um, you know, to me, this is a, just an excellent opportunity to kind of find out where you're at because this could be a prelude to may what happened. I, I don't want to go there, but may may be a prelude to what happens in the future, if you know what I mean, as postseason play. I mean, these two teams could this these two teams, and I'm not going to say it could could potentially meet on down the road. Did, did and, I, did I, and I didn't go there. I didn't, Tony's, I didn't really Tony's not going I didn't there. Utter but the, I didn't there's... utter those words. I, tell me why I'm like, I'm not going to go there, but you get my point. Tony's not going there, but <laughs> let's just say there's only one way that, that this <laughs> NFC and this AFC team could meet each other later A on rematch. down the road this season. Um, I, I do. But it's I, not going to define what they do no. the rest of the year, but it's going to be an opportunity for like, look, because I believe that the you know Kansas City is already a two and a half favor, point favorite, and they yep. are playing against a hell of a team and a hell of a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. This is this is why I love the NFL because you know I and I don't need to make this about other sports. Like other sports are cool, but not, nothing is the NFL mm-hmm. at least in my mind because you know like I've I've never understood you know if you're an NBA fan or uh, a baseball fan or an NHL fan whatever. I like I've never understood like a loss being devastating, right? Like you're you're an NBA fan. It's like, oh, man, we lost, you know, we lost on this buzzer beater to whoever. It's like, yeah, they'll be back in two days. You know what I mean? Like like this, this loss is really 
inconsequential for you. Like mm-hmm. even if even if you hate this team, this loss is really inconsequential for you mm-hmm. as far as the long term of the season is concerned. This game, Tony, is technically the most inconsequential that it can get for for both of these teams. Because if you're going to lose a game in the NFL, you want to lose to the opposing conference because those mean the least when it comes to tiebreakers for playoffs and seeding and whatnot. However. One win, one loss can make all the difference. Uh, this is the only league where this one win or this one loss can be the separator. And I think Kansas City probably needs it more. They just took over at first place in the AFC West. Dallas doesn't need a lead in the NFC East, obviously. But this is this is going to be incredible theater. And I know you you don't want to say it, and I won't say it either as far as what this, this game could be uh, a potential prediction of. But what I will say, this is the kind of game, this game is going to do monster ratings. I mean, it, it is going to do massive ratings this this is going to be america's game of the week your buddy troy is going to be there with joe buck and aaron andrews it's going to be awesome and this is the kind of game that you can win mvp off of because because people are going to remember this game you know what i mean like this is this is a big this is going to i guarantee you when the season is over this is going to be like a top three game as far as ratings are concerned so you can win mvp off of this game you can win coach of the year this is a game that is going to influence and impact a lot of narrative as we finish the rest of the regular season and, and Dak is in those talks of MVP the way right. he's been playing. So uh, you can't you can't downplay this game, just like the Tampa Bay game. You know, that, that was a huge, huge game. That's the beginning of the year. And you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions, and you're trying to make a statement. So this is – you're kidding yourself. If, yeah, it, it's a non-conference game. It really doesn't matter, but it does matter a lot because it kind of defines who you are. It's like, okay, we're going to see how where we're at, where we're at, this, this version of the Cowboys. Because Kansas City, although they're 6-4 and four and they've kind of struggled, they still have those pieces to that, that franchise. Right. They got going against the Raiders. So don't kid yourself. They want to win this game. They want to make a statement. They want to say, look, we are ready for prime time. And so <laughs> this is a great – and look, I hate to, like, put that much into it, but as a player – that's what you want these moments where it's not a playoff game. It's a, it's a, it's a regular season game, but it's a statement game. You know, it, you know, it was anticlimactic whenever you watched, uh, you know, Green Bay and Kansas city and, and Aaron Rodgers couldn't play because of COVID. Right. Or even and, Green Bay and Seattle. Like, cause you're thinking it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And then it's just a stinker. You know well, what I mean? But the Seattle, Seattle's not, they're right, not Seattle. Right. That day. And, and, and Russell Wilson's just coming back off the, you know, after the injury, but these are two bonafide, you, you know, Kansas City and, and Dallas. The legitimacy of that. I think it's more important for Dallas. Kansas City, yeah, they need it, but Dallas really needs it to the more identity for them, to like the world, to have something to prove to yourself, and and as a team, you know, and, and just people, the the perception. Not that you it doesn't matter, but the perception for you. I think it means a lot to you in that building, in that locker room, where, where we're at. I think. This is a unique spot to catch the Chiefs in, right? Because because normally throughout the Mahomes era, they've just been this, you know, this this top dog, right? That's that's where they've been. And so they're they're obviously a little bit down relative to that this season. However, right. they're they're back a little bit, right? So this is their first like th- this is one of the first times where like I think a lot of people are believe, okay, the better offense yeah, is, but is don't coming. Fall, don't fall in no, that no, no. trap. But that that's but that's you know how I'm, people are, you know, the fans are like all oh, the yeah, don't don't kid yourself. No, they, I agree. They, but, they're yeah, they're legit. But that's why this win would be really impressive to me for the Cowboys right. because the, the, you're catching a Chiefs team mm-hmm. that was knocked down but has gotten up. You know what I mean? Like so that that's a different 
animal. And so that would be really impressive if they could contain that to me. I wanted to end with this, Tony. I don't know if you saw this. Um, you mentioned you don't eat fried shrimp. You, you got to watch that physique. You know, you're eating. Nothing Wait, like- I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's I know. Fried how- shrimp doesn't like me. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you're, you're eating that grilled chicken, that salmon, whatever. But, you know, when it comes to splurge time, you have a Whataburger, right? We love Whataburger. Everybody loves Whataburger. Any, anybody from out of state or out of the country that, that goes to a Cowboys game, I always say get yourself a Whataburger, have the experience. Did you see, Tony, that on Monday, <laughs> the first Whataburger in Kansas City opened? I did now, see that now last night. in case anybody is unaware uh, the origin of this, this is partly related or it's actually significantly related to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously a Texas guy uh, has been part of the, the movement to get some Whataburgers throughout the KC Missouri area. So there will be more sprinkling uh, again I- around that, that part of the country. But the first one, Tony, I love Whataburger. I, I would go to war for Whataburger. Whataburger hits me up, says RJ, we need you. I, I'm there. I mean, I'm there at a moment. However, I'm a little bit offended that Whataburger would decide to open their first franchise in Kansas City the week that the Dallas Cowboys are set to play there. What happened to loyalty, Tony? What, what happened to what happened to state pride? You know what I mean? We're supposed to be the a lo- republic together. Lo- loyalty is in the pocketbook. Okay, uh, I see. And, I, and unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, when you go get your honey biscuit. Uh, you know, honey biscuits at, at 11 a.m. in the morning. You just uh, think no, about that's, that. that's a 3 a.m. meal after. Uh, oh, no. After. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe for someone young like you. But for me, it's it's any time. I do. I, I want to interrupt you very quickly. Tonight. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. I look, I went to Texas A&M University. Greatest school in the world. I know what people say about A&M. I don't know if you know this. Uh, there are two Whataburgers in College Station. And one of them is, is a little bit out of town, so nobody really goes there. But the main one, it's, it's right, you know, in the heart of the city, right off off campus. The first stripe, the, the front, because you know how the, the bill, some the older Whataburgers are like kind of um, like a staple. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, the and, and it's striped, right? Like the orange white mm-hmm. stripes. The first orange stripe at the Whataburger and College Station is maroon. And there's a, a block ATM painted at the top. I, I'm serious. I'm a man. That, it. You've been you've been <laughs> to the Waterburger too many damn times. I mean, you should be a spokesperson. I'm I just, mean, we should like, get Waterburger to sponsor the 750 because anyone guesses that. I mean, I don't. I mean, who else would know that? I mean, any, look at Google any, the picture. Any person who went to Texas a would know that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> to okay. be fair. But well, I mean, you know, a Longhorn would know that, right? No, but and that's the whole reason uh, for, for, for anyone. Again, any, you know, international listeners uh, at the time when AM was in the Big 12, uh, their top rival was the University of Texas. Their colors are orange and white. So this, you know, you had to get a little bit of maroon in there. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to the point. I did see the line. That, that was crazy. It's kind of like when, oh, uh, in and out Burger when it opened. And, and not that Whataburger is already here, but no one there's. I think we all have our different opinions on great fast food burgers. And I think we all support Whataburger getting started in Texas. But I remember when that all started, whenever he got, they granted him that franchise. And I was like, maybe a year ago, it seems like. And it's like, well, Whataburger's coming to Missouri and Kansas City. And, and that's fine. They, I, I don't have a problem with it going up there. But hey, Whataburger, but chill out up, with, with when you're opening it. But it's not like they open up it on Sunday or Saturday right before the game. Nah, I don't, I don't want the Kansas Cityans to be able to have well, the, you, the glory. You, know they're gonna be, you think you think they'll, that'll be a little segment uh, going up to the uh, you know 
uh, going up to the game on uh, on Sunday. They'll talk about that about the Waterburger in, invades uh, Kansas City. I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I don't think it's actually a big deal, but as somebody who but that's why they did the partnership because of I mean, you you uh, Patrick Mahomes is is a Texan guy. I mean, he lives in Dallas. He loves you know he he wish you know he's a Texas guy. It's in Kansas City, so. Um, you know, the owner, the owner, Lamar Hunt, his son, they're from Texas. They live right. in Highland Park. They, so and they, and they the, own FC Dallas. They, they yeah. love Dallas. I mean, look, I, don't ties there. I, I want every, I, I believe everybody should enjoy Whataburger, Tony, but not this week. What are you doing? Whataburger? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like read the room, you know, just have a little bit of loyalty. It's all I'm saying. Tim Riggin said it best. Texas forever. Let's just chill out with this whole, you know, doing it this specific week type thing. But um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's that's the 750 this week. What's, what's your go-to Whataburger, Oni, Tony? Or what, what's your order when you go? Uh, Tokitos, and I Dude, would say... Oh, get out of here. I mean, you have to sorry. have a burger. Your, your go-to order has to be a burger. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but I, I I can't remember the last time I had a Whataburger. Uh, I mean, I, 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 well, I go there, and it's 11 p.m. on the way home. Um, I will say this. My only complaint is it takes 30 minutes to order a couple of taquitos, but look, I'm faithful. I'm loyal. I'll sit there and wait because Respect. everything is made okay. fresh. Okay. Um, but I'm just being honest with you. Okay. You know what? You rebounded. That was a rough start, but you came, came home. That was a good, good way to land that. I, anything. I mean, look, I, I just, Hey, anything after 11 PM at Whataburger is, is really good. That's, you know what? You could be and, and, and that line right that. there. Even before <laughs> um okay everybody uh we will be back uh next tuesday (laughs) after the cowboys defeat the kansas city chiefs obviously maybe we'll have a victory waterburger to rub it in their face and we'll say go order one you losers uh but uh and you're gonna be saying this you're gonna say just totally opposite the cowboys win by 14 you're like okay open it up every damn day (laughs) okay maybe that's true um have a great week everybody we'll see you next tuesday this was the 750